Hello, hello, episode five here. I just got my mic set up perfectly. Um, and then my dog started barking in my big echoey new house. It's very echoey, this house. It's like part library, part skating rink, um, part barn. It's, uh, it, it's a spacious, it's a spacious little, little piece of real estate here. Um, and uh, I didn't realize uh, that would probably make everything sound pretty shitty. And I really wanted to be in this house when I recorded a bulk of this podcast. The bulk, not a bulk. I think you can only say the, right? The bulk. For some reason, I knew I had to be in this house, in a new house. I didn't have any idea what house. In December, I decided, okay, I'm going to launch a podcast. I've been not launching a podcast for two years. I've recorded two other podcasts with guests. I'm sorry, I'm an asshole. Recorded those and then never dropped them. I never, they never became a podcast. Um, but I knew, I knew this one had to come out now and uh, the timing of it makes sense and all of that. But I, I pictured myself not in my current house, the house that I've been in for 11 years. Um, the house that Nico was born in, in that ugly bathroom. If you guys follow me on Instagram and have seen my stories, um, a lot of the content, uh, the, the ugly bathroom is my muse. Uh, and there's there's my other muse, um, Cosmo. Cosmo, my um, rescue pup, lab, boxer, pit, chow chow. Who, um, yeah, I brought to this echoey house with uh, lots of windows and very few blinds. And, um, yeah, you know, there's this pine tree right behind us that's quite menacing, and I think a bird threw, flew, flew through the yard. Okay, this episode is about looking for the best in your partner, and I know it sounds cliche, but I mean, I really mean it. It, it can make a big difference, just shifting your perspective in this way. But I want to start with something from my DMs. Two different people, questioners, this past weekend asked me about what if I'm no longer attracted to my partner, like because of their body, their body is no longer attractive to me. And one of the people writing in was a man married to a woman. And the other person who wrote in was a woman married to a man. Okay. So we're going to try to look at this as evenly as possible. In both situations, what is happening is your partner has shifted. All right, I'm talking, I'm talking um, from the point of the good looking one, okay? The ones who, who's like, uh, I'm still hot, why aren't you? Because that's what this is. This is, this is a, like a game of, of uh, what have you done for me lately? Are, are we even in our relationship agreements here, okay? We said that, you know, we'd stay this way politically or that we'd do this religiously or we would be this hot. God damn it. Okay, I need us to understand that every single requirement, expectation we have for a mate, for a spouse, for a partner is, why do why do two of those sound Western? Mate, well, you know, Australian and then partner and then spouse is like so like um, collegial. All right, everything that we are looking at, looking in them for we have this arbitrary spectrum of um, things that we think are acceptable like okay you should be at least this good looking but for most of us if we like crank up that 
how hot can I tolerate my partner dial. Okay. Okay. So it's a thermostat. And as we turn it hotter and hotter, your partner becomes more attractive physically, but you stay the same. Got it. That's, that's, you can't wish for more wishes. Okay. These are the rules. These are the rules. Your partner becomes more attractive, but you stay the same. Okay. So, you know, click it up. Couple notches, couple notches, couple notches and feel how you feel in your body. I think for all of us, there becomes a point where we go like, oh, okay, that would just be, that would, the, the ROI is no longer there. Like the amount of stress or the amount of this or that, like whatever it is, is too much to, to say, oh, oh yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll have one of those. Yes, please. Um, if you could order it up from the divine. Okay. If the looks thing didn't do it for you, think about money. Think about success. Like we have, we have this scale of values, like lowest end that you would tolerate from a partner. Okay. And then a lot of us have like a highest end too. We are attracted to other people when we feel turned on, when we feel turned up, when we're lit up. All right. That you're turned on hello it's not that someone else is like so hot that you like melt or burn up no cosmo would like to um punctuate this you are turned on from the inside because looking around you you think damn i'm like doing pretty good here so when you look at your partner and for whatever reason you know, whether it's the amount of money they're bringing in, whether it's their attractiveness at that point in their life, in this year on earth, you know, with this, this weather or humidity or whatever. I mean, I mean, there are a lot of factors <laughs> that can affect our attractiveness in any moment. When you're looking at them and you're allowing your stock to drop your, yourself, then I just want you to consider what the fuck you think it means about you if your partner is X. If your partner is over this weight, if the, your partner is under this weight, if your partner is this tall, this short, it doesn't matter what it is. I want you to question what do you think that means about you? Hey, it's Ashley. If you haven't yet listened to the trailer, you really need to go back and take a listen so you don't miss the important parts here. This isn't a knock on your intelligence. It's just that we humans really like to cherry pick. And what we often leave out is taking responsibility and taking action. I feel really conflicted giving people more content to consume. We need to listen less to people with a platform and listen more to the people with whom we share our lives. But if you're willing to use this podcast as inspiration to open up a new conversation with the woman or man with whom you share a home and a family and a bed, let's get busy. This episode is brought to you by Splash Blanket. 
We've all had the opportunity to evaluate our priorities in the last few years, and the consensus is clear. Ratty old cleanup towels are a thing of the past. Show your evolution by grabbing a luxurious, 100% waterproof sex blanket at splashblanket.us. Use code keeping it hot for 11% off. That's splashblanket.us. When we are just going through autopilot and when we are with somebody who we hang out with all the time and maybe have been with for a decade or two, and every decade feels sort of like a hundred years. When people say life goes quickly, I'm like, what realm do you live on? Because here in my 3D reality, like things take a long time and last a long time. I think it's because my brain is analyzing things at such a quick speed, which was awesome in coaching because I could see one athlete do something that I hadn't noticed before. And then I would turn and within five seconds, I had assimilated that, figured out how I would teach it. And I would say, hey, everyone, this is what we all need to remember about counters. Yeah, I, I, I just learned that. But that I could communicate it with authority and certainty and confidence. Confidence spreads and it becomes enthusiasm. So when we can be confident for our partners, confident in their ability to make themselves feel better in that moment, like their ability sort of to like self-soothe, right? If we're talking about like sleep training with babies or whatever, the more confident we can be in our kids' ability to handle what they're doing, our partner's ability, the more confident we can be saying like, I see that you can do that. Let me know if you need some direction, but I see you. I see that you're going to be able to do that. We show other people all the time that we have confidence in them. We even do it at a four-way stop. All right. It's, it's not like you have to um, take a version of sign language that like, you know, lets other humans know how you're feeling about them. No, it's like, go ahead. We do it all the time. Okay. We even do it with emojis. All right. So we're doing this all the time. And what, if we're just going on autopilot, what we may be doing is communicating um, our dissatisfaction with the level of performance our spouse has right now. You see them in the kitchen in the morning, you know, they have like a big meeting for work, but you're not like, oh my God, my spouse is like the rainmaker, like the deal, the deal master. Like, are you thinking like, oh my God, I cannot wait. I wish I was a fly on, on the wall watching him walk into that meeting right? Or log on on Zoom, whatever it is, right? Or you're like, yeah, she's going to kill it. She's going to kill it in that interview today because she always kills it. Are we looking at our spouses like that? I know teamwork. I know teamwork. I know cooperation. I know that if we have the awareness dialed up enough, we don't have to be perfect. We're never going to be the Buddha or perfect or whatever. Like being enlightened, I, ac I actually think would be too boring. I want, I want to have a little bit of uh, internal drama trying to figure things out because I love to be strategic. When we are orienting ourselves to look for the best in other people, we can start to look for that in ourselves as well. I think it's actually harder to figure out what I'm saying to myself um, than it is to figure out how I'm judging or what I'm saying about other people. So what we do so often in relationships with other people is we 
program out already what we are going to expect from them when we see them. What we'll do is we'll continue, you know, confirmation bias. We all know what that is, right? It's the reason that, you know, the algo algorithm works really well in social media. And like, we love to hear things that strengthen our own opinion. All right. What we'll do is we'll really see things in them that match where what we expect. So going into every situation with that possibility of, oh, maybe I'm going to bring out the best in my partner today. Maybe they're going to bring out the best in me. That is what I want to help you cultivate, that awareness. When you know better, you do better. And that's why a cleanup towel after sex is no longer cutting it. I love Splash Blanket because it's not just about the cleanup, it's about the lead up too. It's the freedom to change positions and move around your bed, not worrying about creating multiple wet spots that someone, maybe you, maybe your partner, maybe one of your kids later, I mean, come on, will have to dodge in order to get a comfortable sleep. If you love great sex, a good night's sleep, and fresh feeling sheets, grab your own 100% waterproof, luxurious splash blanket at splashblanket.us and use code keeping it hot for 11% off. That's splashblanket.us. It's amazing and it's so annoying that we have the potential to move ourselves up the emotional scale, like feel better every day, even with no one else around us changing. It's really amazing because every day we can go, okay, recalibrate, recalibrate, recalibrate. I'm not saying stick your head in the sand. I'm not saying love and light, good vibes only. No, 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 no. I'm just saying whatever you need to do to calm your nervous system, whatever you need to do to bring some awareness to that dialogue, that tape that's running and running and running and go, urch, pause, wait a minute. And when I have a thought, I go like this, I pull it, it like I'm pulling it by its tail out of my pocket. And I go, Hey, say that to my face. Usually it like speaks like a third grader. It'll say, no one likes you. I was like, okay, you can sit right there and you're allowed to be here, but like, I'm still going to do my work. And if it's like, no one likes you, no one likes you. I'll be like, you know what? Since you're still yapping over there, I'm going to turn you around and I'm going to repeat the opposite. Okay. Or yeah, every, every time we talk, every time we say it again, I'm going to say the opposite. I, I go through this visualization because for so long, I just let the, the doubts in my head just bounce me back and forth. Like, like I was at a pinball game. Okay. It was just like this way, this way, this way, this way. And then when I started looking at them, I'm like, oh, wait, I think that it's scary if no one likes me. And it's also scary if people like me because then I may disappoint them. Huh? So we have this, this binary situation. Yes. They like me. No, they don't like me. When the answer was yes, I felt terrified. I felt like so scared that I was going to let people down because they trusted me. When people said no, I thought, oh yeah, I'm, I'm a piece of shit. I have no good ideas ever. When we shine a light on what those parameters of feeling okay are, and the best way to do that is just pay attention to your body. If you get like a in your gut, your if your stomach drops, if you you get like a clenched shot, just ooh, look at that. If you red swing, I describe my emotions by how, how they feel in my body, which is sometimes like 
blazes a fly a fire behind my ears or like a gyro machine, like, you know, scraping around like in my belly. I use the feelings in the body because that's what I so often used when I was coaching skaters. And they would be like, I feel weird. I'd be like, where is it? Is it, is it, is it in your belly? Is it in your throat? And when we could point to a place on their body where they didn't feel comfortable, just having it named was like, oh, like having a hangnail because it's just a discomfort in your body, but we name it something, right? When you get butterflies in your stomach, how do you think you feel? We all know that feeling. How do you say you feel when you get butterflies in your stomach? Nervous right? Nervous. What about when you get a lump in your throat? It's a physical sensation. And what do we call it? Sad, choked up? Either. It could be choked up with happy tears or it could be sad. I mean, it's so close, right? The choked up, I would say, is like its own emotion sort of of overwhelm overwhelm into an immediate release. It's like a sneeze. You know, you get choked up and the tears come. All of these things that are happening in our bodies, we name good or bad by according to what name we put on it. And I want to invite you to consider that some of the reactions in our body that actually we think are saying, no, stop, 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 could actually be saying something else. They say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but in the bedroom, there's always room to learn. Show your willingness to try new things with the After Dark Workshops. They're private, recorded, guided pleasure practices from trained tantric coaches and sex therapists. Go to keepingithot.com for our single workshops and bundles. Topics include oral and manual for him, oral and manual for her, intro to dirty talk, intro to squirting, secrets of female pleasure, control your ejaculation masterclass for men, and more. Workshops start at $25. It's the cheapest and sexiest date night you can get. Check out the After Dark Workshops at keepingithot.com. I was doing a podcast yesterday where people were interviewing me about swing. And I said, one of the things when we were going into our complete failure of of non-monogamy, one of the things I loved about walking into a club was everyone was so welcoming. They were like, oh, nice to see you. I see you, you're here. And I think every day when we get out of bed, when we get up and we go and see our family in the kitchen, don't we just want that from them? I mean, even our dogs do it for us, right? But my dog will go, you're here, you're home, you're home. Hi, I see you. But what if we started when we are looking at our partner, when we're looking at our friends, when we're looking at our kids, we start just saying, I'm going to notice the best thing here. I'm going to say it. I'm going to notice something nice. I'm going to say it. Can you imagine how your relationships would change? Can you imagine how your perspective would change? You're not blowing smoke up anyone's ass. You're not making anything up. Put a one in the chat. If you can think of beautiful things that you witnessed in the last 24 hours that you did not point out to your family, we're really here to notice the good. And I'm not saying you have to go hug your neighbor who has opposite political opinions of you. I'm saying you should go and you should really love your spouse and you should really love your kids. And you should really 
work on loving yourself when you come up against barriers being as loving with your family as you would like to be because that's just a sign that inner work needed like construction zone like we got to look a little bit in here that's it that's it and when we look quite often we are so afraid doing shadow work feeling our feelings looking at our emotions getting any sort of like metaphysical reading type info and you think oh i'll know if i'm cursed none of us are cursed and all of us are a little cursed with the human brain you know we're all a little like i think the divine looks down on us and goes shit i made them too hard i thought that was going to be easier for them to figure out well next model comes out like i don't know never i'm not sure but i know that when we want to connect with others and are looking for the best in them and not pouring in like i'll fix you it's like it's the opposite here's your keeping it hot tip of the day now for many couples breaking out of the same old routine is difficult you know what works or even if it doesn't work that great you know what to expect my recommendation is to stop doing the thing you always do. For most couples, this means intercourse. Stop having intercourse. Try oral only for a night or a week or a whole damn month. Every time you're intimate, avoid intercourse and do other things. Oral stimulation, manual stimulation, toy play. This is a great opportunity to work on edging, getting close to climax and then backing off if you haven't tried this before, you may be shocked at the intensity and length of climaxes that can be achieved with a little more preparation. Want ideas for how to get more comfortable with oral giving or receiving? Check out the After Dark workshops at keepingithot.com. With topics such as oral and manual for him, that's him receiving, or oral and manual for her, secrets of female pleasure and a control your ejaculation masterclass just for men it's possibly the sexiest date night in you'll ever have when someone is having an experience you are looking and you're like wow they really care about that thing like they really 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 care about that thing that didn't go right you are seeing the things, you are seeing the strengths, you are seeing the things that are high on the charts. And if you look at those, because those are the things that we look for when we want someone to rise. Those are the things we look for when we want someone to win. Those are the things that we look for when we want someone to meet their potential. Because if you've ever mentored or coached or taught, that is how you get it there. You need, you see their potential, you, do a little tweak here to try to get their belief in themselves to meet their potential and giddy up, giddy up, repeat. That's how we actually get somewhere. That's how we reach our own goals. We go that, that's the thing I'm gonna do. That's the house I'm gonna buy. That's the town I'm gonna live in. That's the level of health and comfort and strength in my body I'm gonna get. And then you start acting like a person who has that already. And that's how you get there. Form follows function. My favorite professor, my exercise physiology professor, who um, 
was going to be my master's advisor. And then there was that one particularly awful day of weather in Winnipeg in June 2002. And um, I just, I jumped ship. I just sent out resumes and I was like, I'm not coming back to school. I'm going to go work in the state. And I found a husband a couple of days later. So my favorite exercise physiology professor said, you will look like an athlete if you train like an athlete. Like that, that's just what happens. That's just what, that, you know, if you look at an Olympian, doesn't matter what sport they do. If you see an Olympian walking down the sidewalk, you're going to be, they're an athlete, right? Whether it is a figure skater or it's a javelin thrower, it doesn't matter what the sport is. When you act like you are that, you have evidence of, of that around you. You become more of that. You see more of that. You create more of that. You attract more of that. All of those things. And this isn't just like law of attraction. This is like, oh, the kind of people who you naturally talk to. That's what that is. That's what vibration is, right? There's a coffee shop full of people or there's airport terminal and there's a bunch of people around. There are only a certain couple of people you'll probably connect with and talk with, right? more open and open and open you get, the more you would see all 40 people in that terminal. And you'd be like, I would talk to them about that. I would talk to them about that. You don't need to become an extrovert and talk to every single person to become like mayor of terminal F like I do. But when you start looking for the best in, in all of your interactions, when you're around them or the neighbor kids come over, anyway, try to see the best. So if any of you are still doing that crappy, crappy, crappy practice of complaining about other people, well, here we go. That This is where we just found some extra time, okay? If you want to say something shitty about the way the neighbor parked, just stop it. Stop it. The annoying neighbor will still be there in a week. If you want to pick that habit back up, he'll be there. He'll find something annoying. That's not hard. I make up annoying shit in my head all the time. It's not hard. Finding the best, that takes a little practice. And you are not finding the best in the people you love the most. Like you are not finding the best in that four-year-old of yours you adore, right? Or your spouse you really love. If you're not finding the best in yourself, you're just not. You're like just running on a very, very, very small tank. And probably the way you're trying to help people has more than a touch of codependency. Well, woven right into it. We only can give as much as we have. and Luckily, life force, divine essence, source, whatever you want to call it, flows through us every day. And so like we can warm ourselves, we can heal ourselves, we can also love ourselves, but we need to be quiet and grounded enough to let some good thoughts and get, let some good feelings come through us. Think about how selfish professional athletes seem or how selfish music artists seem like, you know, the ones who like don't talk to anyone and live like a life of silence for a few weeks before tour, right? Or athletes who are in their like hyperbaric chambers and all this stuff or getting massages every day. They are taking care of their gifts. We should do the same. Don't you think maybe it would be nice for you to start digging into, wait a minute, how do I start to put my needs first? Because some of your kids may have that disposition to always put other people ahead of them. And if you could start to wrap your mind around that right now, and as you see them doing it as they grow up, and as you catch yourself doing them, you start to say, wait a minute, 
hey kids, I used to think this was the really nice thing to do, but this is what I'm learning. This is what I'm learning. Yeah, we should really treat others well, but there are a lot of times when we need to make sure that we're safe and taken care of. Because most of the time, what we'll do is we'll overstretch ourselves to give to someone else. But when we keep doing that, we're not as strong and healthy and safe and confident and clear and uncluttered as we need to be to really make our best decisions, to really make our best selves. That's it. That's the end of the episode. Don't worry. There are others where this one came from. Go listen. And if you have already caught up on all the new episodes, how about you give my book Swing a listen? It's because of Swing that I started talking about keeping monogamy hot to begin with. It's the story of how, as a perfectionist mom, I took doing it all to the next level as the world's worst attempted swinger. Yes, that kind of swinger. Don't worry, this book will not turn you into a swinger. It's basically the complete idiot's guide for what not to do in the swing lifestyle. It's sexy and it's funny, but the truth is the real story, the real taboo is underneath all of that. But if you're smart, you'll find that storyline right away. Here's a sample from chapter one of Swing, the audiobook. If you shop on Amazon, you probably have Audible credits and you could get the book for free right after you hear this. And then you could listen to me for another nine and a half hours while you're waiting for the next episode to drop. Anyway, here it is. Swing, chapter one. Chapter one. Hi, my name is Peter. Pardon me? I raised my voice above the music. Peter, like the first apostle. This was the second strangest thing I had heard in a sex club. Oh, hi, I'm in line. I shook his hand and gestured toward the bathroom. Maybe I'll see you later. I returned to face the front of the line. I wasn't interested in talking to Peter. I needed to pee. Waiting in line to use the bathroom in a fancy New York City sex club is just like waiting to use the bathroom anywhere else. Well, anywhere else that people walk around half naked and anywhere else that a stilt walker or fire performer may squeeze past you and anywhere else that you must send in a headshot and a full body photo before being added to the invite list. Besides those things, it's like waiting in line for the bathroom anywhere else. I was in a cramped hallway, halfway down the long, narrow Manhattan loft that served as the site of the party. The people were beautiful and rich looking. I wondered if I'd accidentally entered a casting call for The Bachelor. I shifted my weight back and forth from one stilettoed foot to another. Man, I love these shoes. The door to the women's room swung open. I was inches away from finding relief when a skyscraper of a woman knocked past me, ducked inside, and locked the door. She jumped right in front of you. A British accent cut through the noise. I turned and saw a sexy man with sparkling green eyes. He was outraged on my behalf, and it made him cuter. Uh, that's okay. I do really need to pee, though. Another thing that is different about waiting in line for the bathroom at a sex club is that if a sexy man with an accent invites you into the men's room with him out of kindness and concern for you peeing yourself, you may say yes. He introduced himself as Ravi, and we squeezed into the tiny men's room and closed the door. Our tryst was scandalous, even for a sex club. We were pleased with ourselves, until we realized there was no toilet. 
Only a urinal hung halfway up the wall. I turned to him. We were invested. There was no going back. I planted the plan in his head. You'll help me? I asked. Of course, he laughed. I hiked up my dress. It was a short dress, therefore a short hike. I propped one foot against the wall and briefly admired my shoes. Damn, I really love these shoes. Sexy British Ravi boosted me up until I was in a spider climb position, one foot against each wall of the tiny bathroom. I felt that American Ninja Warrior contestants might have, in that moment, marveled at my athleticism. Inexplicably, my panties were down, but not awkwardly stretched out. I was at the perfect angle to pee directly into the urinal without splashing and without exposing myself to my new British friend. I already considered him a close confidant, partially because I grew up singing God Save the Queen in my Canadian elementary school, and partially because he was my accomplice in this feat of strength, absurdity, and somehow sexiness. Because we had overcome laws of physics, we were both fittingly amused with ourselves. Forget American Ninja Warrior. Maybe this was the origin story of me becoming a superhero. He helped me down from the urinal. I contemplated the square footage of the bathroom. Six? I squeezed against him to get to the sink. He turned to pee and his shoulder pressed against mine as he washed his hands. We stood side by side, staring at each other in the mirror. You are so beautiful. He turned to me. May I kiss you? I was already leaning in. Mm-hmm. Our lips were parted and soft as they met, coming together then barely apart, then together again, before I slipped my tongue into his mouth, running it lightly across his teeth. My hands traced the curve of his deltoids and up the sides of his neck. He squeezed my butt with both hands, lifting my skirt slightly. We laughed softly as we continued to kiss. I reached around the back of his neck and hooked his hair with my fingers. Muffled music vibrated through the bathroom door. Breathless, we parted our lips but kept our bodies close. Wow, that was nice, I smiled. He touched my lips gently. Your lips are chapped. I died. Upon my reincarnation, we exited the bathroom. The club seemed so big and tall and loud. Thanks for your help, I smiled. Bye, have a good night. Ravi smiled and walked away. I scanned the crowd for my husband and my chapstick. Long line? Manny asked. I applied the lip balm and told Manny about the stranger, the urinal, and the kissing. He laughed. Ready? I asked, handing him the chapstick. He nodded. I grasped his hand, took a deep breath, and together we walked toward the tangle of naked bodies at the back of the room. Keeping It Hot with Ashley Renard is a production of Manitoba Woman Media, produced by Elizabeth Krause. Original music by Echo Drop. Production assistance by Lauren Petraglia.